Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Dan Gumby Freeland. Actually, not joined this time by Shockwave Dave Tremonte. I know you might have been expecting that, but he is traveling for the holidays and we just couldn't make the time work. But we did have two phenomenal interviews we wanted to get out to you guys before the holidays. First, I'm going to be talking with tough winner Jonathan Brookins, who's talking about getting back into the fight game. And he's got a very interesting story about where he's come from and where he's going next. So you're going to want to listen into that. And then we're talking with Jordan Johnson, who gets ready for his million-dollar PFL fight. So it is going to be a loaded show. Even though there's no UFC this weekend, there's no Shockwave Dave Tremonte, you're going to want to listen in. But before we get to any of that great content, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiasts. They have 35 different martial arts that you can now track your progress through on their app. So this is how it's going to work. You're going to go to wherever it is you download apps. You're going to download Maroon Social. Once you do that, you can set up your profile with what martial art you train, where you train it, and how you like to train it. So all that kind of stuff goes right into your profile. And then from there, you can log your training sessions, which is awesome because it allows you to tell whether or not you're making the progress you want to make. And it gives you week to week, month to month updates about whether or not you're training more or less. Gives you a place to write down all kinds of notes and it lets you know what different techniques you're training more than others. So it is an ideal way to track whatever martial art you do, whether it be judo, sambo, jujitsu, kickboxing, boxing, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and download that Maroon Social app. This episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast is brought to you by Maroon Social and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Vreeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with the Ultimate Fighter 12 champion himself, Mr. Jonathan Brookins. So, Jonathan, it's been nearly three years since we've seen you fight. Where have you been? What have you been up to in those that time? Um, wow, three years. That has been a long time. Um, I've been, you know, I was, I was in Montreal for a little while. And uh, I was kind of just like winding down uh, my my fight career. I, I didn't necessarily intend to wind it down, but I actually uh, I blew out my knee pretty badly. I was going to fight in Russia, and I was training with uh, a guy who's doing real well in the UFC, a guy named Arnold Allen. He's strong, 145 pounder, and I was getting ready to fight at 135 uh, in Russia, and I blew out my knee. And so then I just kind of kind of just uh, stuck around Montreal for a while. And uh, overstayed my visa, which wasn't really a, a great thing to do. Ended up getting caught on that uh, in Canada. So I got into a little bit of a snag there, which then caused me to have to come move to New York. And I'd never been here before, so I kind of uh, came to New York about a year and a half ago. Started my life over. I had to kind of start from the ground up because I came with nothing just a backpack and seven dollars and nowhere to stay and just uh been kind of like rebuilding my life here in new york and and now i just kind of feel like i'd be i'd like to probably have my hand in martial arts again why not i, I like that a lot now now you said you know you came to new york with with almost nothing uh, what have you been doing <laughs> to support yourself where, where have you you been working what have you been doing um, so yeah, it was crazy like story getting in here. Um, I had like short time to kind of figure out how to get off of the, 
the ground level of the city. New York moves really fast. It's a it's a whole nother beast. So uh I really like man, I had to like put a lot of faith out there and, and uh I started first by just like I was just trying to figure out like you know, like what what kind of talents do I have and what can I do to make money in this city? So I, I tried a lot of different things. I mean, I was from way up. I don't know if you know the layout of the geography of New York to Manhattan, but, you know, it's just a big, long island. So I'd start, like, way, way uptown, you know, like up in, like, Harlem. And then i just, like, pretty much, like, just go from there all the way downtown looking for anything, going into different, maybe, like, martial arts gyms or uh, yoga studios. I was thinking about maybe teaching yoga. But um, I ended up, like, stumbling into, like, a, a small little, like, Muay Thai gym. And uh, this guy was starting up something. He he had recognized me from the Ultimate Fighter show, actually. So it was cool. He gave me a shot. I had to spend like a couple weeks sleeping in that gym and trying to get something going. But that didn't ultimately that didn't work out. So I ended up uh, landing a job at Equinox, which Equinox is like a big kind of gym uh, here in the city. Uh, it's a really fancy little place. So I just been kind of actually just working at Equinox, and now I live in like um, the West Village, which is pretty cool. And I'm just uh, yeah, just been kind of just like working on training, uh, like personal training, which has been cool for me because I've always like, you know, loved the human body and like exploring that, like through yoga and this and that. So as working as like a personal trainer, it's kind of like really like helped me develop like uh, actually like how I can train myself since I don't have like a team or a coach or anything here. So I've been able to like stay fit and stay healthy and that's been really cool. So, so you said you're thinking about getting back into martial arts. Now, obviously, you know, you mentioned training Muay Thai and mentioned walking into a couple of other gyms. Do you mean specifically training MMA or do you mean just you're thinking about getting into, you know, helping others train martial arts? You know, like that's like been one of my niches as like a personal trainer here in the city is like holding pads and kind of like doing that type of stuff. Where it's like for me, it's okay, but, you know, that's not really like. Yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, man, I'm 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 a horrible coach. There's people that can like do and there's people that can teach. I'm I'm really not that great of a teacher. And um so like the the idea of developing like other martial artists or things like that has never like um I you know, if I did it'd be a very unique martial artist, like if I was ever like to be like a mentor to them. But for me personally, like I still feel like there's a lot like that I could still do. I see a lot of people that I competed with still still going strong and I'm like wow and then just even looking at your eye favor like being 40 years old and doing it and it's just like I definitely feel like I'm getting you know healthier my mindset's like uh as strong as it's ever been so I was I, I yeah I'm definitely like on the hunt right now to see if there's any uh organizations that would have me this year that would be great well I'm almost certain there are organizations out there who'd be looking for an ultimate fighter uh you know champion like yourself now I do want to ask too you know You've trained a bunch of different places over the, the course of your career. You know, you mentioned training up in Montreal last one, although it seems like the door might be somewhat closed on that one. Do you have a place in yeah. mind where you'd like to go train, where, where you think that, you know, uh, particularly would work out with you? You know, that's the fascinating part, man. It's like I, 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 I'm like so, so much like about like the journey, like and I don't want to like actually like compare it to being like journeyman but like you know because that's not in, in the fight terms to say like too great of a a, a term but um like the, the journey is just like that that's like the, the most fun part to me the fact that like it's just been this, this this really cool ride ups and downs whatever and like for me like new york is a big part of that and uh i'm really like in love with new york and i i, I consider this like like a, the place that's gonna like uh be like a huge part of my next next chapter and so, like, I, th I would imagine I would have to be here in the city. But, like, 
the MMA scene here is kind of it's, it's it's weird and like diverse. There's of course like Kenzo Gracie's, um, which isn't uh, I, I which I don't I don't know necessarily if it would be the the right fit for me. Uh, so I'm thinking like I, I would maybe like to try Marcelo Garcia's. You know, I went in there when I first got to the city, and he was just like so awesome and so welcoming and like just a really nice like guy. And I felt like that vibe might be really good for me. So if I can land a fight, I think I'd probably like try to uh, maybe uh, ask Marcelo to help me. Well, I, I love that fit as well because, you know, from a jiu-jitsu nerd of myself, uh, I, I absolutely love Mar- Marcelo Garcia. Now, I do got to ask, too, you know, you mentioned your eye of favor. It seems like you're keeping close tabs on professional fighting still. Uh, how close do you still watch the MMA scene specifically, you know, like maybe some of the people you, you were on the Ultimate Fighter with? Yeah, like that. that part is always like, I tried to like disconnect from it and, and imagine that like I would never even just like look at it ever again. But, you know, I would always kind of catch these, these people where it was just like my Instagram feed would just like kind of pop up on like my search menu and I couldn't help it because of so many people that like I, I am friends with or whatever. And I'd see things and, um, and then it would always intrigue me, you know, like if it was a weight class that like I competed in or a guy that like I had known or this and the other. And and my story is just so closely tied to, like, so many people. Like, even just, like, I, I always tell people sometimes, I reference, like, the time when, you know, when I was in the UFC and we'd go to uh, the, the fighters meeting, like, the conference that's, like, once a year where they get all the fighters together in Vegas. And I remember, like, you know, this was, like, my first year in the UFC and I'm sitting there in the, um, at, at the conference and, and to my right is, like, Dustin Poirier and to my left is, like, Max Holloway. And I hadn't fought Poirier yet and Holloway was, like, this, I think I'd only fought, like, one time. And I just remember, like, how focused they were, like, how much they wanted it, like, their belief. And then here I was, like, this, this, like, just, I was just, like, not in it. Like, I, I was really just not where they were. And then, like, to fast forward and to see what that focus and that drive did for their career, it, it just really, like, has intrigued me. And um, it's been cool to kind of gather the pieces within myself to, like, kind of, like, you know, um, go through the ups and the downs and, and, and um, yeah, to kind of, like, build that belief within myself that like, that like I, I too can do whatever I want to do in this, in this career. And I'm still a part of it. You know, like I didn't, I, the story didn't write it, write itself the way that it did for me to just like never go back. I know that like, if I, if, it, if I truly want to, then I could still do something like pretty, uh, pretty neat in that sport. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome to hear. Now I, I got to ask too, as a follow up, you said you tried to disconnect yourself from all of that. Was there a reason why you you felt like you needed to be disconnected from from all the stuff in the past? Um, yeah, I mean, like, just the other day, like, I sat down to like just like write some stuff, and I I remember. So one of the things that like came to mind, I know that like when I like was in the UFC, and I was like, you know what, man, maybe I'll go to like India and I'll like find some stuff there, and like I thought that maybe like I need to become like a little bit more centered and this and the other. And then maybe I become like a better fighter. And as I was writing it, I realized that like, you know why, like I did all that stuff. It's because like, I was just scared. Like, and I didn't really believe that like I was a fighter. Like if I believed that I was, I wouldn't have had to go searching for all that stuff. I would have just known it. You know what I'm saying? Like Khabib doesn't have to go, you know, soul searching to like become a better fighter, John Jones, any of that. They know that they are. So they do it. But for me, like, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that, like, realistically, like, just the act of, like, having to find it means that I wasn't. And, like, looking back on it now, it's like, wow. And then I would, after I did that, I ended up fighting so many fights after going, coming back from India. 
without like tournament and without training, I would just kind of like go into these fights, whether it was in like Finland or Ireland. And many of these guys, you know, UFC veterans, uh, one of the guys I fought in Canada, he's in the UFC now, Kyle Nelson. And I, I fought these guys like, at least at that time in my life, like not, never sparring with anybody, just doing like yoga classes and stuff. And just like trying to figure it out, just trying to like, like, you know, I guess maybe like, find that 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 like fighter in me and and those fights taught me like the most because then i would go in there like no coach like slapping my back nobody would give a hug before like i walked into the cage and i would just kind of just like be there and then at the end you know there'd be close decisions and setting other and i would have this kind of like newfound kind of like presence like in the cage each, each time each one so you know like now it's kind of something that I do know. It's like, you know, like I do know that I'm a fighter, but I had to go through all that stuff. So if I, I went back into it, I for sure would have that same confidence that like all those other guys. It just took me a different route to get to it. It does give you a different route to come to it, but I feel like it gives you extra perspective on, on that route as well. And I'm kind of curious as to what you think is if, if you are diving back into MMA, whether, whether it just be, you know, like one fight or two fights or three fights, do you feel like you can hit the same level you were when you were the ultimate fighter champion? Yeah. I mean, like for me, like the only reason like that I'm looking at it now, it's like, I see Aldo dropping down to 135, and that was like an experiment that like when I got back from India, like I ended up cutting all the way to 125, like an idiot, you know, like I, I was trying to crack that code of like cutting weight in, in like a healthy manner uh, way back then. And not to say that like, that, like any of those were like supremely healthy, but I did, you know, I did get there, you know, and I did get to fight some fights at 135 and, and all of that. And so now that I see, like, that weight class, like, starting to get some of those guys that, that you know, that I, I, you know, competed with and, like, Frankie Edgar going down there and all of that. And that, like, when I was in India, that was, like, the big thing that came to me. It's like, you should probably compete at 145, but you can do it. It's a little bit more daunting of a task. It's a lot, there's a lot more discipline and it's just not that glamorous of a lifestyle because you got to make that weight, man. It's like a, it's an all day, everyday thing. But like, that's where I would try to go realistically. You know, I see like Aldo there and I'm like, wow, wouldn't that be really cool to get a rematch with that dude in like the UFC man? like, you know, so I'm looking at things like that. Like, I think that like, yeah, potentially I could see myself fighting those guys in the UFC at 135. That's what I'd be going for. Well, we would love to see it personally, and and I feel like I could probably talk to you all day about this, but I, I want to give you the last couple of seconds here of, of our interview to give any shout out to, to whether it is coaches you're looking for, management you're looking for, or promotions, uh, just letting them know maybe how they can best reach you uh, in order to, to get in touch, whether it be you know on social media or whatnot. Um, yeah, man. Um, what promotions would I like to go to? Um anything that would like ultimately lead to the UFC would be nice, but I'm not opposed to, you know, a one FC, like something like that. But I, I mean, to be honest, like, yeah, just like any, any organization right now, like not any organization, but like anything that's a good fit, that'd be great. I mean, of course you could find me on Twitter. I don't really even know how that really works too much anymore. Jonathan J. Brookins, maybe who knows, but you Google, Google my name and, find uh, the Instagram and things like that. But yeah, man, if there's a promotion out there, like if this uh, interview ends up like reaching any promotion that, that, you know, thinks in 2020, I'd be a great fit for them. That would be absolutely magical, man. I'd be more than on board. Well, we certainly hope it does as well. Cause I, I love hearing about your story and I'm hoping that we could probably do this again sometime after a fight is booked and talk about that fight as well. Once again, fans, this was the UFC 
Ultimate Fighter 12 champion himself, Jonathan Brookins. Jonathan, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Uh, wait, one more thing, man. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. So the one thing that I, I do want to like mention, you said I give a shout out, man. And it's like uh, one year ago, man. Like uh, my my little brother, man. He had a he had a baby on the way, and uh, you know he passed away uh, a couple couple weeks before his baby was born. And that was like, it was a big thing for me and my in a fight career. And that's something like Dana White and, and nobody really ever knew about me. You know, like I had a sister that, that passed away when I was, that's what got me into fighting. And then when I was like an ultimate fighter, man, I, I had a little brother that, that was struggling. I was trying to like take care of him and some other people. And they were feeding me all these guys that were, so this message is more for like Dana White, man. You know, like the, the shake that he gave me, like when I, you know, was the ultimate fighter champion, I look at the other guys, man, you know, like the guys I was on the show with and like, you know, who they got fed when they first got out of that, that show. And then my, my only pick was either Jeremy Stevens or Eric Koch. And Eric Koch was on like a tear. I had to fight him first. And then I had to fight Charles Oliver. And then I had to fight Dustin Poirier. And this is a dude that, you know, it's like nobody's like paying any mind to like to what I'm going through, but it doesn't really matter. But either way, like my little brother lost a, lost a little bit of a battle and, and passed away this exact time last year. And I was like, uh, really hard for me. And, uh, so that's a big thing for me right now. It's just for, like them to know, like, man, you know, like I, I got to do this, not just for myself, but like, uh, for, for like, cause you know, I had a little niece now and, uh, my sister also had a baby before she passed away. So I got two nieces and, uh, I know I'm a fighter. So it would be really great if, uh, if I did get another chance. Well, it, I hope this finds his ears as well. And if it doesn't, uh, I hope it finds a, a promoter's ears out there who hears this because, uh, I'd love to see you get a second chance. There's definitely nobody out there is deserving as you. So, Jonathan, once again, man, thanks so much for the time. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. This is Daniel Gumpy Freeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Jordan Johnson, who fights Emiliano Sordi at the PFL Championships on New Year's Eve. So Jordan, I want to start by talking a little bit about this season. So you obviously started the 2019 PFL season off with a loss, which was actually the first of your career. What was sort of your mindset like following that loss? Uh, well, losing sucks, but I didn't let it get to me too bad. Like I didn't dwell on it. Um, you know, I was really hopeful that I'd be able to get to my career without any losses, but I also was fully aware that it's a, you know, a high risk sport and that a loss might come. So, you know, I, I just recognized Maxim was a really good fighter and I needed to make some changes and get better. And that's what I did. And then, you know, I ended up rematching with Maxim. I had another fight and I ended up fighting Maxim again. And I ended up beating him. So I just, I knew, you know, I thought I did a good job in the first fight. He just had some good moments that swayed the judges. And I just knew I had to make a couple adjustments. And, you know, I wasn't, again, going to dwell on the loss. I was just going to use it, you know. You win or you learn is what they said. And I just used it as a learning experience. So, Did, did the tournament format of that help you at all? Uh, knowing that, obviously, you're not out, you know, given the fact that you picked up a loss as long as you won later on was it easier to rebound knowing that because you know in some organizations you lose you fall way down the rankings yeah I mean that's one thing I really like about the PFL because you know had I you know gone to a different organization or stayed in the UFC and I would have would have lost you know who knows when I would have been fighting again for all I know I might just be now getting a contract for a new fight 
And so that was one nice thing was having a fight right away where I could, you know, make the, uh, the adjustments that I, I wanted to and get back in there and, you know, but on the flip side of that, there was, you know, a little bit of pressure because had I lost the second fight, that would, would, would have been it. That would have been the, um, that would have been my year. You know, I wouldn't have been able to fight until next year. So, but I didn't really spend much time thinking about that, you know. So I've had a couple of people from the PFL too say that they enjoyed the format in a similar way. But I do have the question, you know, your fight on New Year's Eve will be your fifth fight in 2019. Has that been taxing extra on your body? Or uh, have you actually appreciated, you know, knowing that you get to fight so many times? Um, yeah, I like it. You know, I, um, you know, in combat sports, this isn't, you know, I'm not getting a paycheck every week. I only get paid when I fight. So, you know, there's a lot of things that I love about this sport, but ultimately it's a job. And I think, you know, we all want to get compensated for our work. So I like it. I like being so active. Is it taxing on the body? I, you know, more so I would say, because, you know, it's kind of like wrestling season. Like these dates are set; they're not going to wait for you. You know, in other organizations with other formats, if you get hurt, you can postpone the fight. You can move it back. You can, you know, pull out of that fight, and then, you know, if that opponent wants to fight, they'll find them a replacement, and you can get back on a card whenever. So, you know, it's it can be a little bit brutal in that regard. But also, again, there's a lot of benefits to it. You know, if you're making weight all the time, it doesn't allow you know you're fighting so often then you're making weight all the time and you don't have to, you know, you don't have time to balloon up because you're just constantly in camp. So the weight cutting part of it is really simple. And, you know, camps are actually pretty easy because you get done with the fight and you just have a small break and then you're back in camp. So it's, you're in shape, you know, it's, so there's, I mean, it's mostly positive being in the PFL. And, and how did you feel about the, the playoff format? Obviously you had two fights in one night recently. What, what sort of did you think about that concept it was cool man it, you know that's a you know i don't that's that's just a, an experience like that was a very cool life experience it was a you know a good test i got to see what i was really made out of you know and i i enjoyed it it was it was a very cool life experience Awesome. Now let's talk about the fight that you've got coming up because you're fighting Emiliano Sordi, who's run through four opponents pretty brutally, all first round finishes with the exception of one second round finish. What are sort of your thoughts on him as a finals opponent coming up? Um, I I like it. You know, I I don't know if you've heard any of my you know uh, interviews in the past. I don't put too much focus on my opponents if my you know, I have a great coaching staff. If there's stuff that you want me to do, then I'm always more than willing to do it. But for the most part, I just really prepare myself. And if I, you know, can fight to the best of my abilities, I know I'm going to be okay. So I like the opponent. Um, he has, you know, had a great season um, so far. You know, I think, you know, the caliber of opponents that me and him have been matched up with have been a little bit different. Um so I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Now, you said you didn't put too much stock into who you're fighting, but, you know, obviously the, the thing on every fighter who's gotten to this point's mind is the million-dollar grand prize. Have you considered what you might do uh, if you walk away the winner of a million dollars? 
I, yeah, I'm going to pay down some debt. You know, I just bought a house not too long ago. So as of now, I think I pretty much just own the doorknobs. So I'd like to, you know, pay that down a little bit and, uh, you know, have a little bit of time to relax and, you know, kind of make some plans for the future and the best way to use that money to set myself up for the future and take care of my family. So. Well, it sounds like you've, you've got some really practical plans. Nothing extravagant, nothing silly that you want to go out and get yourself? <sighs> no, nah, man, I'm good. I got everything I need. You know, probably do some fun trips. and But uh, as far as, like, going to make a big purchase or anything, it's I won't do anything wild. Makes sense, and it's good to see some people fiscally responsible with their money, too. Now, I, I do want to ask you, too, uh, some fighters who have won the million dollars on PFL have turned around and retired. Sean O'Connell won the division you're fighting for the championship in last year, turned around, retired, knew he was happy with the money. If you win this, obviously it's a life-changing amount of money. It definitely changes some things around, but it sounds like you're in it for, for future years. Are you in it with PFL for future years? Yeah, I man, I really do love the PFL. Like, you know, I I love the UFC. I love my time in the RFA. You know, there's lots of great organizations out there, but I really do love the PFL. I like I like knowing when I'm going to fight. I like how they treat the fighters. I like the relationships I have with everyone there. You know, I don't see myself going anywhere else. That's I like the PFL. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Now, we're going to change gears a little bit because I wanted to talk to you about something else I noticed. So for weigh-ins at your recent PFL events, I noticed you were uh, rocking some gear from a new brand called Lambs. It's not usually one you see around MMA. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Lambs is? Lambs is an underwear company that makes radiation blocking underwear. So... You know, we all carry cell phones, there's Wi-Fi, there's all these signals, things that, you know, humans have, they're pretty, you know, newly introduced to humans, and the, uh, they kind of mess with us, and a lot of people, and I wasn't even aware of it, I was actually listening to a podcast with, I think it was Joe Rogan and Ben Greenfield, and they were talking about cell phones, like, I think, I think it was Joe Rogan talking about he knew someone who ended up getting colon cancer and you know right away the doctor was like where do you keep your phone it was in your pocket and so you know the radiation exposure you know emfs are causing all these these problems and when your your genitals get exposed you know a lot of like hormones are made there then you can really mess yourself up and so that got kind of put me down the rabbit hole you know i took a night it was just weird and you know googled it and kind of started looking down it and then i found out about lambs and i mean that was right up my alley like you know, I'm not one of these guys that's going to, you know, cheat and take, you know, steroids or testosterone or anything like that. But I will try to help myself out. And if, you know, radiation, you know, bouncing off my junk is going to screw up my testosterone, then I'm I'm going to do something about it. And that's really, that's how the whole, you know, that's how lambs came about. And I love lambs. So, well, that's absolutely awesome. Now, how exactly did you get involved with them? Because you said, you know, you sent yourself down the rabbit hole and to figure out more about it. How'd you land upon lambs? Um, well, there's not there there's not a ton of companies out there doing what they're doing. As far as I know, they might be the only ones. So, you know, I got on social media and kind of started looking around, and they were 
the the company that I found that was actually making a product that you know you could protect yourself from radiation. So that's how I landed on Lamps, and then I got to know them, and I mean it's actually there there's a bunch of great people over there. I think I mean they make a great product, and they're actually a really great company. Well, that's awesome to hear. So why don't you tell our listeners real quick about how they can get that themselves if they'd like, um, if you would, please. Well, they can get on their social media. They're, I think they're GetLams, at GetLams on Instagram. And then you can also go to their website, GetLams.com. And if anyone's listening and wants to actually take care of their goods, you can use a code. I have a code. I believe it's double J M M A. That's D O U B L E J N N A. And if you punch that in, you'll actually save yourself a lot of money. Awesome. So thank you so much, Jordan Johnson, for the time talking about your fights and your junk. Uh, appreciate the time, man. Oh, yeah, sure. And those interviews with Jonathan Brookins and Jordan Johnson are brought to you by, you guessed it, Lambs. As you heard at that end of the interview with Jordan Johnson, he is sponsored by Lambs, and we are as well. You can visit GetLambs.com to check out their innovative line of radiation-proof clothing. As he alluded to in there, although maybe he didn't have the technical science down, there are lots of studies out there that radiation can lead to all kinds of bad things like low testosterone levels, and it could infect your reproductive cells, and all kinds of other things in your body. And radiation comes in lots of places in our life. Technology, you know, there's radiation coming from technology, and it's expanded. It's not going away. You're not going to get rid of technology in your life. So why not you protect yourself with lambs? They've got beanies and underwear to help protect your head and your downstairs. I personally wear their underwear all the time, not only because of its protective qualities, but also because it is legitimately the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn in my life. You can go to GetLambs.com and use promo code MMA for 15% off Tell them Dave and Gumby sent you. And while you're there, you can check out their whole line, which is soon going to be expanding to both apparel and women's underwear at GetLambs.com. You can also stay up to date on all of those developments and expanding lines at GetLambs across social media. That includes Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you check out GetLambs. Now, as I said before, we don't have a big show today. I'm not going to be talking to Shockwave Dave Tremonte as I do every week, but... This is our 200th episode, so I did want to take a little bit of time to specially thank all of the people who've helped us out over the years. Uh, we've been sponsored by a, a number of different people. This is now four years in the making that Top Turtle MMA Podcast has survived. We've been on multiple platforms. We've been in all kinds of different places. But I really want to thank all the different sponsors that have had me and Dave as part of their lives. Particularly right now, I want to thank Maroon Social for being our sponsors and get lambs as well as flow combat for being our home for the last couple years uh so thank you guys whether or not your listeners whether or not your sponsors we really appreciate it until next week i'm daniel gumby Freeman.